everyone and welcome back to Rare. I'm Ashley and this week we're headed off into space. Thanks to a suggestion in our Discord, we're going to be talking all about space-themed board games. So strap yourself in for some zero gravity. Enough of the details, let's roll the dice and get this episode started. Aren't I just amazing? So amazing. <laughs> just the best. Uh, so this this past weekend we went to a con, and they normally have mm-hmm. like a a board game like room mm-hmm. with like video games and stuff. But this year it was like actually sponsored by somebody. And which I was like, oh, this is great. They're going to have like a ton more games. And because normally it's just like kind of like sponsored by the club. Um, Because we went we went to Animarathon and it's normally just sponsored by the club. So I think the people in the club just bring their own board games and just have it like available for everybody. Um, And we went up there and they didn't have any board games available to play (laughs) and we were all just like looking to chill and had no board games and i was like well this is disappointing (laughs) like i've always thought like there's always been at least like one or two like groups playing a game besides like the video games because they have a bunch of like video game consoles set up in the same room too but I know, I know this year because it was their first year back. It was a, like a whole lot smaller than it normally was. But overall, we had a, a really good time out there. <laughs> yeah, but it sucks that they didn't have any games. Yeah. Oh, and uh, before we get too far in, I'm Ashley, <laughs> and I'm Ricky. Um, but yeah, somebody suggested in our Discord that they would like a space themed board game episode and we are obliging shout out to b castro for that thank you um we have uh, a couple more suggestions that we can do too always feel free to reach out give us a suggestion of something you would like to hear about whether it's a topic or a mechanic or a theme of a game um you don't have to do it on discord we normally post uh the episode on like facebook and instagram you're very welcome to comment on those posts um on something you'd like to hear about too yeah just let us know um but i i really like space stuff it's like one of my favorite things because one of the new things I'm doing is like a junk journaling or like kind of like not really like sticker books, but I use a lot of stickers for it. And I'm really, really stoked that I have a bunch of like space themed stickers to use. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm over the moon about it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Ah, space. Space. I was <laughs> surprised that I knew so many space thing themed games. Like it's enough that I I probably won't be able to cover them all in this one episode. <laughs> yeah, like um, we have one that I haven't played. Um, and it's called I I say I haven't played. I've played like not even a quarter of it. Like I've probably played twenty minutes of it, and it was Clank in Space. Um, Clank in space. <laughs> but um, it was pretty fun from what I did play, but I can't talk about it because I only played like 15 minutes of it and I can't say I like fully understood it because I've also never played a Clank game before. So, <laughs> so Clank is pretty baller. I've, I've kind of looked at Clank in space and I think the board is a bit different. So I don't know like how different the rules are, but we kind of went with regular Clank because we kind of like fantasy a little bit more than space sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, but sci-fi is pretty cool. Yeah, we we picked it up as like uh like a kind of buy a game, get a demo game free thing. Oh, okay. And that was one that I was available and I wanted to get. Cool, cool. Um, but uh, I can kind of kick off into the space themed. Uh, I feel like I've mentioned it before, but I don't think I've fully talked about it. Um, but it's a game called Burke's Gambit. Uh, Burke's Gambit is uh, designed by Robert Yates and published by WizKids. Pretty exciting Yates. stuff there. <laughs> uh, and it is a 4 to 8 player game in about 20 minutes. So it is like a party game. Mm -hmm. And it is... Because uh, they're like, their tagline for the game is... One of your crew is infected with a parasite. Could it be you? <gasps> bum, dun, 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 bum. Dun. <laughs> So it's got like kind of like the thing vibes, except the person doesn't know that they're infected. Um, so, so the way the game works is that there are two factions. There's the deep space salvage crew, and then there is the acquisition support specialist, or the ASS. <laughs> you can guess which side that they okay. fall on. <laughs> Um, and then, um, because it is a max of eight players, there are, um, seven clean parasite cards and then one infected. So there's always going to be an infected person. And the point of the game is that the salvage crew want to get rid of the parasite, but the, uh, acquisition support specialist want to get the parasite back to earth to study it. Um... And the way that the game works is that everybody gets an ID card. So you know if you are part of the salvage crew or if you are the acquisition support specialist. You know that from the get-go. And then everybody has a, like a scan card. And it'll show if you have the parasite or if you don't have the parasite. 
and you don't get to know what your own like setup is and then you can never look at your own parasite card but there are things that can happen where you can look at other players parasite cards um, and then there is health involved in this game because um players can die <laughs> it's very exciting i know um so everybody gets two health tokens you don't know if you have the parasite um Nobody knows what their own scan is because there is then a bag of dice and you're trying to start up your engine. So that's kind of like the goal of the game is that the salvage crew wants to get rid of the parasite and eject them into space because that's the only way to get rid of the parasite. If you kill the player with the parasite, the parasite will jump to another player. So the only way to get rid of the parasite if they is if they are ejected out the airlock. Um, and then in the meantime, we are trying to repair the engines. And every turn, you get to roll dice from the dice bag. So every turn, you will pull a die and roll it or use a die that is in reserve. If you roll what's like a lightning bolt, that means that's an engine die, so that immediately gets placed to the side. Um, and then your turn is over, and the dice bag gets passed on to the next player. Um, the, the dice symbols are, there's like a little heart with like a little plus or minus, so that you can damage or heal somebody. Mm -hmm. Um... And the reason that you would want to damage somebody is if you think they're part of, like, so, like, the um, ASS people want to get rid of the salvage crew, and the salvage crew wants to get rid of the ASS people because, you know, they're, they're vying factions. One wants a parasite to get to Earth, and one doesn't. Um, there is a parasite scan die face. Um, and that means you can look at a parasite card to your left or to your right. So you get to know if they have the parasite or not. There's the engine power-up, which is like the lightning bolt. There is a stall engines one, which is kind of like one of those like circles with a line through it with a lightning bolt in it. Um, there's a resh reshuffle, which um, kind of reshuffles the parasite. The parasite has jumped to another person. There is an ID check. Um, so you can look at somebody's ID to know which faction they're a part of. There is an insta-kill, um, which is just you kill another player instantly. Um, you can place a character in quarantine. Um, what that means is they can't be hurt but they also can't take any actions for one round um there is a cancel die which is it can be used to cancel in any action except for the engine power-ups so that you can like cancel the insta kill um and then there's a parasite scan any and the way the game works is that based on the number of players as how many energy energy <laughs> engine power-ups you need to get the engine going and get to earth so for like four players you need three engine power-ups 
and then it just sort of goes up from there. The max uh, engines that you need is six for seven and eight players. So that's why the game is only about 20 minutes long. And then the game ends when all the engine power-ups required um, are achieved. So if you're playing like a four-player game, you have three of them. And then um, after that, the like all the players have a minute to discuss on who they think is infected and who they want to vote out of the airlock. Um, and then on a count of three, you just point to who you want to vote out. Um, if there is a tie, the captain beats a tie. If the captain is still alive. <laughs> um, if the captain is dead, then no one is sacrificed. And the ASS people win the game. If the player ejected out of the airlock has the parasite, the salvage crew wins. And... That's kind of it for the game. <laughs> there there are roll cards, and each roll card has a different ability. So, like, the captain is that he can break a tie. Um, and the captain is in every game, but the captain can die. And then, other than that, there are multiple roles. I know there is one that's, like, a stowaway, and they can't do anything and they can't even vote at the end of the game <laughs> wow. um and uh, the cards all say on them like what they have so there's like a technician and like things like that and they all have very different very specific abilities i'm not gonna say there's some like abilities better than others it's just some can do a little bit more um but I really like this game. It's it's just kind of another um, like party game uh, where you're trying to like vote somebody out, sort of thing. But what's what's nice about it is that there's the component of rolling dice, and you can like kill other players in the game and kind of get rid of them earlier. But that's also kind of a downside because if you do it too early, and it's a party game, then somebody's out too early and they're just kind of sitting there watching you yeah <laughs> but i i really like it i it's one of um those like hidden identity games that i i really enjoy just because there's the random luck element and that the parasite is around pretty much the entire game and can only be gotten rid of at the end of the game so Unless you get rid of all the ASS people um, at the end of the game during the vote, it can be a little bit hard to determine who's getting voted out. So it's bluffing. Um, if any of the ASS people are left, one of them might like sacrifice themselves and be like, yeah, I totally have the parasite because I've looked at everybody else's and I'm the one with the parasite. <laughs> Because nobody else had it, you know. Um, so it's 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 a fun bluffing and uh, hidden identity game. Like seriously, one of my favorite ones. And uh, 
yeah, it's it's got kind of like the thing vibes, but you're on like a spaceship headed back to Earth. It's great. It's, it's Burke's Gambit. Yeah, this is the one where I've played. I have played this one, but I always, whenever you mention, I think Captain Sonar, I'm like, is that this game? And you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> No, I think it was the captain is dead that you all. Oh yeah, the captain is dead. That's right. Because the captain can die in Burke's Gambit. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Burke's Gambit. Nice. Um. So the first game I'm going to talk about actually has a really similar feel to it. Because it, it's like a teams and it's like humans versus aliens. Mm-hmm. It's called Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. <laughs> what a great name. <laughs> it's such a long name. Um, This game is two to eight players. It runs about 20 to 45 minutes. It is designed by Mario Popora, Petro... Ray Rivera, Luca Francesco Rossi, and Nicola Tedeschi. Baby? I don't know. Sure. Um, And some notable publishers, like there's there's like several of them, but the ones that you might see it around here might be Heidelberger Spiel of Berlog or Ospreay games. I think Ospreay um, or Osprey might be the one that you'd probably be more likely to see around here because mm-hmm. I know I have seen games by them. Um, so if you get one in the US, it will probably be that one. Okay. Um, but uh, Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space, such a mouthful. <laughs> Uh, is a hidden movement game, which is pretty fun. Okay. There's not too many hidden movement games that I am aware of. Um, and the game comes with, like, these nice, like, laminated, like, binded booklets. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's one for, you know, all the different players, and then there's different maps on them. There's about, like, eight maps. Um, Some of them are big, like, really, really big and almost take up, like, the whole page. And some of them are, like, really small. Um, And then they have, like, a suggested, like, uh, we suggest this map for this many players kind of thing. Okay. So, like, the smaller maps are usually for, like, smaller groups and then the bigger maps are for, like, bigger groups. Okay. But you you can really play, really, most of them. Like, any number, it's just they kind of suggest the different sizes, just probably to help keep the mm-hmm. the runtime down a little bit. Because um, if you're playing with a small group on a big map, like, it could take ages for anybody mm. to find anybody. <laughs> um, so, basically, what you're doing on your turn is um, there's humans and there's aliens. So, at the beginning of the game, you're going to get a hidden roll card that tells you if you're a human or an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, humans can only move one space at a time, where aliens can move two spaces at a time. So aliens do have a slight advantage, and 
It was funny. The last time we played this, uh, we had an odd number of people. And so we were trying to determine, like, how many human cards versus alien cards go into, you know, the deck to be mm-hmm. handed out. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, well, you know, being aliens is kind of, like, overpowered. Like, you'd think there should be, like, more humans. And everybody's like, yeah, that makes sense. And then we looked at the rules, and the rules specifically say if there's an odd number of players, there should be one more alien card than human cards. I'm like, so not only do aliens get to move faster, there's more of them. (laughs) Oh, jeez. They have it out for you. And really, there's one way for humans to win and two ways for aliens to win. So, like, it's like they want the aliens to win this game. Yeah, that's rough. (laughs) Luckily, I was a human, and I ended up winning the last game, So, but it felt like a fluke. It just <laughs> felt, like, really lucky. Um, so, uh, each map uh, has different, like, and each map is made of, like, hexagons. Mm-hmm. So, that that's kind of interesting, too. Like, you don't see many hexagon-shaped boards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on each board, there's, like, a starting section for each uh, player type. And then there's uh, gray sectors, white sectors, and then there's a number of escape pod sectors throughout the board. Okay. Um, so on your turn, uh, humans will start from the human uh, starting zone and will move one space. And when you move, uh, there's, like, a uh, like boxes on the like the top half of the flip mm-hmm. and you mark like which space you move to and you can also kind of like make lines so you can like follow yourself easier oh, okay um, because you like you keep the board hidden from everybody else like you you kind of keep it cl- close to your chest kind of thing mm-hmm. and so like you just kind of have to keep track of where you're at um and then at the end of your turn you draw a card um and they're usually item cards but if you're playing for the first time, there's item cards and, like, roll cards, but they suggest that you don't really, like, play with those on your first round, just to kind of get used to the game. So, um, the item cards, when you draw it, uh, the items mean something, but if you're not playing with item cards, the only thing you need to worry about is, um, if it's a red card, a green card, or a black card. Um, red cards mean that you have to um, declare which sector you're in. So, like, each sector has, like, an, an, a letter and a number. So, like, oh, N1 okay. or K11 or something like that. Okay. So, red, you have to declare where you're at. Green, you can declare uh, a sector anywhere on the board. It it can be where you're at. It can be somewhere, like, completely across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the black cards are silence. So you just say silence in all sectors. You don't have to de- declare any sector at all. Okay. Um, and then the there's the gray sectors and the white sectors are also different. Um, gray sectors are dangerous sectors. So when you're drawing cards, hold on, let me take a step back. So if you if you move into a dangerous sector, which is a gray, that's when you draw the card and you have to declare where you're at. Or whatever the card says. If you go into a white sector, it is a silent sector. So when you go there, at the end of your turn, you just declare a silent sector. And you don't have to draw a card. You don't have to potentially say where you're at. It's kind of like a safe zone. You don't have to do anything other than say it's a silent sector. Um, 
But the silent sectors are a lot fewer and a little bit more spread out than the dangerous sectors. So declaring a silent sector can sometimes help people locate where you're at. Um, And then um, people don't know if you draw a red card, a green card, or a black card. So with the, the red and green cards... Like, they, they kind of expect you to be honest about the card you draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but with drawing the different types of cards, you never know which card somebody draws and if they're being honest or if they're, like, lying. Oh, so you okay. you kind of have to keep track of where people are at, but they could be lying oh, to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, the only time that you can really kind of pinpoint where somebody is at... And also determine, like, which faction they're part of is because aliens can attack humans or attack a space. Mm-hmm. And they have to declare which section, like, where they're attacking. So they just say, I attack um, M5. So you know that they're somewhere near M5. Like, you might not, you still might not know exactly which spot they're mm-hmm, at, but mm-hmm. you know their general location. They're around there because somewhere. Because they, they have to be truthful when they're saying that they're attacking something. Okay. Um, if they kill a human, then that human's out and the alien can actually move, like, an extra space per human that they kill. Oh, okay. So if they kill a human, they can now move three spaces. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> If they kill out, if they kill another alien, then the alien's out and just like nothing happens. Um, so basically, uh, the humans are trying to get to the escape pods and the aliens are trying to kill the humans. So the humans win if all humans or even like the last human makes out. Like mm-hmm. a human has to leave. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and then um, the two ways for aliens to win is if, uh, like, they kill the last, like, human on the ship, or all the humans, or um, the game only goes up to 40 rounds. Only 40 rounds. <laughs> only. Um, but if you get to 40 rounds and, like, there's, it's kind of like a stalemate, like, all the, like, surviving humans still on the ship are eliminated and aliens win okay no pressure so that that's basically the the gist of it um like uh once you get more comfortable with the game and you start adding items in um there's like uh you can there's cards that let you attack there's cards that let you teleport uh there's adrenaline cards that let you move extra sectors on a turn um sedatives you don't have to draw a, a sector card Defense, spotlight, clone, sensor, uh, mutation, cat. Cat's actually really nice, and I'm pretty sure cat is what like helped me win <laughs> the last game. Just like because uh, it lets a cat, it lets you declare noises in two different sectors at like the same time. Oh, so one could be truthful and one could be a lie, or they both could be lies. Okay. Like, depending on, like, the card you drew. Mm-hmm. So, like... But th- the thing is, is, like, it's not just, like, moving as quickly as you can. It's also trying to, like, outwit the people you're playing against. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you're clever with your lies and not just like randomly spitting out numbers, you could really make somebody think you're on one side of the board when you're actually on the other side of the board. (laughs) So like you can spit out random numbers like that is also a strategy because if they're random enough, then people are like, I really don't know where you're at. Uh-huh. Like you could just really confuse somebody, but after a while they might kind of figure out where you're at and just like ignore half of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Where if you make it a little bit more convincing, then people are like, "Oh my god, I don't really I don't know if you're on this side <laughs> of the board or that side of the board." <laughs> um, but and another hiccup for the humans is when you when you get to a pod sector you have to draw from a uh, pod deck and you have a chance of it being a green pod or a red pod. A green pod means you're good and you escape. A red pod means it's damaged and broken and you can't leave out of that <laughs> escape pod. Oh no. But whether somebody escapes or it's damaged, that pod can no longer be used. So you have to try to go to, like if somebody escapes or if it's damaged and they can't go out that one, they have to go somewhere else and everybody else has to go somewhere else. Like, that pod is no longer available to use. So, uh, it's it, it can be really stressful, especially if you're not good with, like, plotting and or lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also a lot of fun. Like, I've played this a couple times and I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, one time I was an alien and one time I was a human. Um... Alien, really, you don't really have to worry about anything other than trying to catch the humans. Like, there's not that much stress on the alien. Um, The only thing that I did is I accidentally killed another alien because I thought that they were a human. Because you don't know the rules until somebody, like, declares they're attacking and then you're like, okay, that person's an alien. Um... But, like, up to that point, like, nobody was saying, like, what they were. There's, like, no hints. So Mm -hmm. I thought that the person was a human, but they actually ended up being an alien. And so we kind of, like, shorted ourselves on, like, our team. So that was a little rough. Yeah. so that that is a possibility, but I think it's way more stressful as like a human because you're being hunted down. Yeah, really. And so many things can go wrong. <laughs> okay, so um, you don't know who the roles are because I know some games like you you just the roles are like declared immediately, and it's just like like nuns on the run. It's hidden movement, um, but you know what roles everybody is. Yeah, no, you this one everything's hidden until an alien declares an attack and then you know that that person's an alien the rest of the game cuz it doesn't switch. So like once somebody declares an attack, you can kind of pinpoint who's what, but mm-hmm. up until that point or even after that point, like you don't know who all the aliens are unless everybody makes an attack. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Just But um okay. Yeah, and then once you're more comfortable with, like, character abilities, uh, there's different character abilities you can have. Uh, there's, like, the captain, the pilot, psychologist, soldier, stuff like that for the human crew. And then there's, like, a blink alien, a silent alien, a surge alien, a brute alien. Uh, just different, like, little abilities that can help, like, make the game a little bit more interesting. Add a little bit of a more pizzazz mm-hmm. to an already hard game. Make it... Zazzy. Zazzafrez. Um, but yeah, that is 
Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. Oh, wow. I love it. It sounds like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. I unfortunately don't own it. Uh, A friend of mine does, but... (sighs) It's a fun game. Still still a lot of fun. Um, the, The next game I'm gonna talk about I've I've really enjoyed it and it's it's quick and it's easy and if you know left right center you'll probably understand this game but it's called Astro Trash and it is a yeah, it is. it's a race to declutter your planet <laughs> and it is designed by Cami Mandel and it's published by USopoly. And it is a 3 to 5 player game. And it's about 20 minutes. So, if you've seen the movie Wally, <laughs> instead of shooting the humans into space, you're shooting trash into space onto other people's planets. Yes. <laughs> um... So the way it works is that, and I love the rules for this game, it's like a page, and even on that page, the rules are still like only half of the page, and then the other half is like an example setup, and then like what all the sides of the dice are. So like, short, sweet, gotta love it. Um, So there's... And and the components are, I think, really well well made. So there's like a cardboard sun that goes in the middle of the table, and then each player gets like a little cardboard planet that all their trash sits on. And the trash is they're all like resin pieces, but they come in different shapes and colors. So like there's a purple fish, there's like a pink cube. There's, like, a green slime-looking thing. There's, like, a a red kind of, like, shard. There's, like, a yellow dot. And then there's, like, a blue blob sort of thing. And uh, the, the pieces look like candy, honestly. So I probably wouldn't play this with too young of kids. Like, it's a, it's a six yeah. and up game. But, I mean, like, I look at the pieces and I go, hmm kind of want to eat that (laughs) funny starbursts (laughs) um and so depending on the number of players is how much trash they get so like three players each player gets 16 pieces four players 12 five players 10 and the goal of the game is to get rid of all the trash on your planet the way that you do that is that each player gets three dice And each dice corresponds with something. So like one dice corresponds with all the types of trash. So each side of the dice is a different type of trash. So there's six types of trash, six sides to the die. Um, The other die is the direction. Um, So you have, you can throw your trash to your left. You can throw your trash to your right. You can throw your trash into the sun or you can throw your trash into the sun or into any other player. You get to choose. 
Um, so that's why it's kind of like left, right, center. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there is a number dice that determines how much trash you're throwing. So you can throw one, two, or three pieces. And um, if, for example, you roll a three, you don't have to get rid of three. Like if you only have two purple fish and you rolled a three purple fish, you, you it's just up to three. So you can still get rid of your two. So it's not like an exact game. I think if you wanted to make it harder, you could do that. Yeah, that would be hard <laughs> to be like, dang it, I only have one. Well, and then it can be hard because if you're rolling fish and you don't have any fish, you just got to keep rolling. And this is a game where it's everybody's going all at once. So there's there's no turns. It's just uh, mayhem right from the get-go. Um, so one player says one, two, three, ditch it. And then everybody's rolling their dice and trying to get rid of their trash. Um, when one player gets rid of all of her trash, they yell clean. And that means they won the round and they get a trash trophy. (laughs) And, uh, the first person to three trash trophies wins the game. This game was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's uh, it's hectic. Like, I would get down to, like, a couple pieces, and I just wouldn't roll those, like, pieces to get rid of. And next thing I knew, like, my planet was full again. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, so it's, it's, um, and it's, it's a very kid-friendly game, too. Um, and if, like, kids are having a hard time with it, you can get rid of the um, the trash dice, so they just need to know which direction and how many they're moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why this is like a good game for kids too. Just um, make sure they know not to eat the pieces. <laughs> yes, little kids are fine, just not too little littles. Yeah, uh, but it's it's a great game. The components are seriously really decent in in the game and. What is kind of great about it is it it's you can like open up the box and everything's good to go. Like there's nothing to punch out. There's no like cards to unwrap. It's just the pieces are in a bag and you have your cardboard and you're you're good to go. <laughs> like it's it's just a like fast, simple, quick, easy game that it's such a good family game. Like, I I have, like, a slight obsession with this game because it's so quick to pull out. And I just, I seriously love the the trash pieces. They're, they're very fun to hold. They're very tactile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was, that was Astro Trash. Garbage. Garbage. Get rid of your garbage. Declutter your planet. Be healthy. Send your trash somewhere else. <laughs> so I guess it is like Wally. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, um, all right. My next game is going to be Space Base. Space Base. Space Base. Uh, so this game. Space Base is two to five players, runs about 60 minutes, 
It is by AEG or Asmodi. Um, so Space Base is kind of like an engine building game. Okay. I think. <laughs> if my understanding of what an engine building game is, then this is that. Um, so each player will get their own uh, command console, which is just like a little player board. Mm -hmm. um, and then they each get a identical deck of cards uh, that go on to the uh, command console. Mm -hmm. uh, depending on what color you get is the player number. Mm -hmm. So, like, blue is first player, purple is second player, red is third player. Um, but really, you could just pick whatever you, whatever color you want and then just decide the order from there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, the cards will go... There's 12 slots. Uh, there will be a card that goes in each slot. And then there's three rows with like numbers like one through 40 one is like your money kind of thing one is your like income which is different uh and then uh there's one for like rockets and the rockets are kind of like victory points um so uh there'll be cards that you have there'll be cards that go onto the middle of the table and then you'll have like little cubes to go on each of like those three um uh rows on your player board mm -hmm. and then um on your turn the active player will roll two dice and then um when they roll the dice um depending on what they roll uh, they can decide how to allocate those dice, but, like, everybody allocates the, the dice, mm -hmm. like, even if it's not their turn. So if you've played Valeria Card Kingdoms or if you've heard me talk about it, it's kind of similar where, like, everybody gets to go even if it's not their turn, um, which I kind of like those games. It keeps people from just sitting and mm -hmm. waiting for mm -hmm. their turn. Yeah. They actually get to do something. Um the only difference is um, there are blue boxes on cards and there's red boxes on the cards. So blue boxes are for the active player, red boxes are for inactive players. Um, but the red sections have to be flipped and like tucked. So if you don't have like a red tucked section, for a number, you can't take the rewards as a passive player, um, which that happens the more you play. So like the first couple rounds, nobody really gets to do anything except for the active player. Um, but they, you can allocate the dice, like say you rolled a four and a five, you can allocate the dice to, you can get the four reward or, and the five reward, or you can take them together and take the nine reward. You don't get all three like you do in Valeria Card mm. Kingdoms. Um, but, like, so I could take the four and the five, and then somebody else can decide to take a nine. So you don't have to go based off what the active player chooses. Gotcha. Um, if you roll doubles, you just get to take that number twice, or you would take the, the sum value. So if you roll two fours, you could do four twice, or you could take the eight. Um, stuff like that. Um, when you buy a card only the active player can buy a card after rolling 
Um, and that is you have to spend like money to be able to buy that card. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they have different abilities uh, that do different things. Um, and then it will have on one side, it will have like the cost of the card. And on the other side, it will say like what number it is. So sometimes you want to buy stuff for the ability. And sometimes you might want to buy stuff because it, of a, it has a specific number on it that you want to replace. Or that you want to be able to use. Because, you know, like, the middle of the board is usually what's rolled the most. Mm -hmm. And then the outside of the board is what's rolled the least. So usually you want to have really good, like, four through nine, really. Um, so when you buy a card, you take the card that was there previously, you flip it, and you tuck it. So the red showing at the top. And now you have a new blue ability when you're active. And now you have a red ability for passive so that's how you get your passive is you buy new cards replace what you have and then mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. card gets tucked and now you have a passive ability um so that that's the biggest gist of the game there are different um types like some of them will give you money some of them will give you victory points some of them will give you income and the difference between um, the credits and the income is the credits is the number that you have to actually spend on cards, where income is the, like, lowest your money will go. So you could have, like, 20 credits and four income, and say you spend a card, it's only seven credits. Well, regardless of how much you actually spend, you're your money always goes back down to your highest income. So say you have 20, you spend seven, you still have to go back down to three or whatever I said for income. <laughs> All right. So the higher you can build your income, the more money you'll constantly have because your your credits won't go below your income, mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get it. Um. And then there's some cards that have, like, direction arrows on them. So, like, say it has uh, one that's pointing left. So when you choose that card, you get you actually get the reward that's to the left of that card. So it kind of lets you do a, a little bit more on your turn. Okay. There's some cards that have, like, boxes on them, um, and you have to be able to charge those cards to be able to use them some of them only need one cube to charge them fully some of them need like two or three cards um before you can use it um but really it's just building a good um supply of cards or kind of like see i kind of think it's an engine because you're trying to get like the most out of your turn each mm -hmm. turn mm -hmm. um and you're just doing that until um, somebody wins the game. Okay. And then it also gives you, like, a probability chart in the rulebook of, like, what's most likely to be rolled, which is seven is the highest, which makes sense. Okay. Because there, there is a card in the game where if you buy it and you're able to charge it up, you instantly win the game. Oh. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, and I... I was able to get that off one time, and it was kind of pretty cool, but um, it was very tricky to do. End of the game. Uh, so uh, the 
first person to get 40 uh, victory points triggers the end. Uh, you finish the round, and then you want to make sure that everybody gets equal turns. So whoever mm-hmm. has the starting turn, like, everybody still gets their turn. And then after that, whoever has the most uh, victory points wins. Okay. So it's once somebody hits 40. So, yeah. Um, that's space base. It's it's not... it. it it's a little bit more complicated than it sounds, but once you play it, it's really not that complicated. Um, it's just like kind of learning what the different card types do and how best to utilize those with other cards, mm-hmm. really, is okay. mainly the gist of it. Okay. But yeah, that's space base. I've, I've heard pretty good things about it. Honestly, it kind of sounds like a game that's like a little bit up my alley, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've played it a couple times. Um, the first time, uh, it was a little confusing because it was a this is it was kind of like newer into board games, but not super super new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of more of like an engine building like type game that I hadn't played before. Like I wasn't familiar with the mechanics of the game, so it was a little confusing. But the second time we played it it made more sense Mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah so that's it that's space 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 okay so my last game are you ready yes aliens are attacking work (gasps) together using special strengths to start your spaceship because the captain is dead no (laughs) I just, I love this game because of how thematic it is. Because, I mean, the captain is dead. <laughs> he died. Um, the game is two to seven players, 60 to 90 minutes. Uh, designed by Joe Price and J.T. Smith. And it is published by Alderac Entertainment Group, or AEG. Um, the, the captain is dead. I love it so much. The theme, I I talked about it before, but I think I've, like, briefly talked about it. Um, And it is just so gosh darn thematic. There's a couple different variations of it. One is where you're, like, on a planet and the captain is dead. And I think another one is where, like, the whole crew is on an alien spaceship and the captain is dead. So it's kind of like each succession of the game set the crew gets a new captain and then somehow the captain winds up dead <laughs> nobody wants to be captain no um after that. but oh i love it so much so it is it is a co-op game because you're working together um the the board is absolutely beautiful i love i love the art style for the game too it's like um that like prismatic kind of art is like the best way i can describe it it's very very colorful okay um and the way the game works is that everybody picks a roll card um the rolls are very very specific so the rolls because you cannot be the captain because the captain is dead um would be admiral first officer those are your um blue rolls 
the colors do matter. Um, for your red rolls, you have the tactical officer, the telepath, and the crewman. For the purple rolls, you have the counselor, the medical officer, and the diplomat. Uh, for the green, you have the scholar, the science officer, cyborg. For orange, there's the teleporter chief and the chief engineer. For the white, there's the ensign, the hologram, and the janitor. <laughs> and then for yellow, there is the weapons officer and soldier. And I say that the colors matter is because in your spaceship, there are colored rooms. This game is very, very colorful, like intensely colorful. All the colors are so bright. Um, basically, what the color of the room determines is kind of like your starting room. And that's kind of what your role revolves around. So like the the blue roles, the... Um, Admiral and the First Officer, I believe is what they were. Um, a lot of their roles involve the Blue Room. Mm -hmm. Makes um, sense, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that just means they they can do a little bit more in the Blue Room. Or like their, their abilities correlate with those actions. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like... For example, the Admiral is a natural leader and master of battle plans. Um, so the Admiral has two command discounts. Um, and then each role also has uh, the number of actions they can do and a, a hand limit. So all the roles have um, most of the role rules roles have four actions. There is... Um, the cyborg has five actions, but it does come at a detriment because I don't believe the cyborg can do certain things. So all the roles are just, they're really fun. They're very thematic. I really like the hologram because uh, he can do like a lot of things. He has five actions, but wow. if he... <laughs> If he gets damaged, like basically if, um, oh, it's not if he gets damaged, it's if the, um, basically if the sensors in the ship go down, he gets stuck in the core. <laughs> oh, I so, guess that makes sense because he's a hologram. He's a hologram. So he can only show up where there are like basically sensors inside the ship. Uh, so the way that the game works is that there are rooms in the ship. And each one of the rooms has systems, and pretty much all of your systems are, they're up and running, but your engine is not. So you're trying to get your engine up and running while you're being attacked by aliens. <laughs> Solid. So there are alerts, and what the alerts are is that there are like two out on the board, and then there is one that's kind of up and coming. So the alerts detail what is currently happening until you do what the card says to basically get rid of it. And then you're on to the next card. Um, so there's yellow, orange, and red. And red is obviously the hardest. <laughs> yes. Um, so each system does things. So like the internal sensors, um, 
It gives you a, an action that it can do, which is draw and replenish the top three skills face up. Um, then you can use an action to use that, and then you draw a face up skill. When the internal sensors are down, you have to discard all the face-up skills, and then you have to repair them by going to the um, tactical room and doing the, um, like, rep like fixing them in there, in the system, um, to repair the ship's engines, that's the jump core, I normally recommend that the chief engineer is in like every game that you play because the chief engineer um, has two engineering discounts. Um, so that will really help in like speeding up the jump core and like fixing it. Um, you can like kind of make the game easier or harder depending on like um, where the jump core, jump core starts off. It starts off on like a default level and then you can just always make it harder i have yet to beat the game i have an absolute blast trying to like become tactical with everybody and like discuss a battle plan and just to see the plan just absolutely fall and break apart <laughs> the closest confidence the closest we've gotten is when we've used the um, chief engineer. But if we don't have the chief engineer, we like, there's like no way we are going to win. <laughs> um, so there's just like all the roles have very different abilities. They all have different like discounts they can do for each of the rooms. Um, the... The, I, I love the aliens because when they show up, they just sort of like their little standees get put into the room and they hurt all the players in the room. And a hurt player can't do anything except like basically crawl away. Um, except the, the red shirt. <laughs> he, uh, he dies. The crewman. He's a red shirt. Yeah. He he dies and he's basically regenerated. <laughs> so he he doesn't um he doesn't ever get hurt. He just always he takes one hit and he's dead and then he basically shows back up in the um I think it's the control room. What's it called? The bridge. <laughs> So he respawns Sense. in the bridge whenever he takes any damage. So he's always really fun to play with. Um, yeah. Because you can decide, like, however many aliens go into the room. So if, like, one alien goes into the room and the crewman's there with somebody else, you could say the crewman takes the hit from the alien. So he just respawns into the bridge. <laughs> that, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, the game, the, the game, the game is fun and it is like stressful, but you can kind of like take it at your own pace because it's not like a timed game. So it's, it's kind of nice in that sense. Like you can take your battle plan, really like formulate it, kind of like figure out like what you're going to fix, how you're going to get rid of the alien ships. Are you going to, to fix the, the missiles? Are you going to try to fix the, the jump cord, you need to fix the shields, like, or the, like, the internal sensors, or, like, 
there is just so much going on and i just i love how like chaotic the game is and i know that's just like not some people's cup of tea um (laughs) but so there's there's one way to win the game which is you repair the jump core and then there are multiple ways to lose um you lose if the shields get to 100 and you take a hit the ship is destroyed um and you'll also lose if you are asked to place a hostile alien and there aren't any more to place um okay if you get to the red alerts um there's different ways to lose within the red alerts themselves um and if you get through the red alerts and are somehow still alive if you go to draw another alert and can't draw an alert um the hostile alien ship destroys your ship (laughs) dang so yeah one of those multiple ways to lose and one way to win I need to play this game so I stop confusing the games. Yes, because you're you will not confuse this game. Like it is, it is bright, it is colorful, it's chaotic, and like I honestly like I love those like chaotic co-op games. Like I just think they are so much fun because it gets like everybody like up out of their seats and like communicating like i love the high communication games so it's like it's why like i don't super like those like bluffing hidden rolls games because i love communication like open communication like open hands between players like talking about tactics that's like oh that's just absolutely delightful to me it just it it makes it way more engaging for like everybody. <laughs> yeah. But um, one of these days I'm going to actually get the captain is dead and actually own the game, <laughs> so I can be even better about explaining how the game works, so I can have the pieces in front of me, because I really like the um the the player figures for this game. They aren't cardboard they're like a um a thin plastic resin that goes in like a standee so they're they're pretty durable which is which is very nice they aren't just cardboard um and the the game itself is just so bright and colorful and oh i just i love it so much and i do want to try out the um the other i mean not modes but like versions like the planet one and the um you're on the alien spaceship one um because i've heard that they Mm -hmm. are similar but they're um they're different like map basically yeah so i guess if you if you're feeling more like a planet or like a prison escape those ones might be better um, the base one is just like you are trying to defend your ship sort of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, yes, the captain is dead. Delightful. I love it. I still love it. Beautiful. <laughs> nice. My next game is pretty chunky. 
and it's pretty long. Uh, so my next game is Terraforming Mars. Ooh. It's one to five players. Uh, playtime is about 120 minutes. <laughs> uh, the designer is Jacob Fryzelius, maybe? Sure, sure. Fry. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, uh, the publishers are um, Fry's Games, or Fry. Frikes games. It's I'm guessing the the uh, designer uh, kind of had his own like publishing thing. Um, but another publisher that caught my eye for this is uh, Stronghold Games. I know um, I think we have a couple of Stronghold games, so maybe they publish it together. Maybe Stronghold does it somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's on the box, so they probably maybe helped publish this. Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, terraforming Mars is basically that you are trying to make Mars habitable for humans. Um, which it also kind of has like a Wally feel to it because there's like a bunch of mega corporations like funding everything. <laughs> it's um, always fun. Um, so there are th three things that you're trying to, uh, do as far as, like, your kind of overall goal slash the, uh, end of the game is you have to make it so the oxygen is high enough for people to breathe. So it starts off at 0% oxygen and you have to get it up to 14 uh, you have to make it warm enough for humans or living creatures to exist on Mars. So it starts off at negative 30 degrees Celsius, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. I'm terrible with conversions. <laughs> negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit, or negative 30 degrees Celsius is negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, so pretty cold. Yeah, it's pretty cold. And then you're trying to get it up to at least 8 degrees Celsius, which is 46 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's still pretty cold, but it's not, like, negatives. Um, and then you're also trying to build oceans on the planet. And you need nine oceans. So... You're kind of working towards those three things, and then also once those three things are met, and it has to be all three, it's not like one or two of the three, it's all three until the game is over. Um, so that's why it kind of takes some time, because it, it it takes a while to get all three of those things going. Um, but basically, you start off as you get to pick like a corporation to be um and each one kind of has like its own little like starting ability mm -hmm. and then um basically you're just like buying cards and playing cards um to be able to do things so you will so like on your turn you will draw four cards and you'll have money which in this game it's mega credits 
which I've noticed that credits is always the currency in space games. Uh, I don't know why. They're like, just... it's never, like, dollars or anything. It's always credits. It is. I think it's, like a, a, like, a sci-fi thing in general. It's because they don't want to, like, claim, like, if, especially if it's set in the future, they don't want to claim, like, any one currency, like, outlives anything else. So they just make it, like, a generic credit sort of thing because yeah. i think it's i just, I just a lot noticed of it's like in every sci-fi thing or like yes. game it's always credits <laughs> um so y- you'll get to pick between four cards you can buy anywhere from zero to four cards as long as you can afford them um otherwise they get discarded um there's no hand limit in the game so you can have as many cards as you want um and then during the action phase you can do one to two actions. So you can play a card, uh, use a standard project, which is kind of like a something that's available to everybody. Um, they usually have a certain cost associated with them. Um, some of them you won't be able to do starting out because they cost a little too much, and you don't usually start off with that much like credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just available to everybody. Um, mile, you can claim a milestone, which is kind of like an, um, like the first person to build like so many cities or the first person to have like X thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you can spend money to kind of like buy that, which gives you like bonus, uh, victory points. Um, you can fund an award. So for, in this game, there isn't like specific bonuses at the end of the game you have to buy the bonuses and then whichever bonuses are bought is used at the end of the game Mm, and you can only buy up to three so if you really think that you're going to most likely get a certain type of bonus at the end of the game you could buy into that one because you know you're going you're probably going to be the one to get those points Mm -hmm. it's not guaranteed but usually you buy it if you're like yeah i'm pretty far ahead of everybody else on this certain thing so i'm probably gonna buy this so i get those bonus points Mm -hmm. um you can use actions on blue cards which there's different types of cards that you can buy and they do different things um or you can convert plants uh, to increase your oxygen or you can convert heat to increase temperature Um, so there's a lot of resources going around in this game. Um, like you, you do have the plants, you have heat, uh, you have titanium. Um, and then, uh, there's, there's just a lot of resources. This, this (laughs) is a very, it's a very resource heavy game. It's a very resource heavy game. It's kind of a little bit of an engine building as well. Um, because you can have, like, different things going on amongst your cards that let you do, like, different things over your turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's it's kind of hard to explain. It, there's a lot going on in this game, and it is a longer game. Um, so I would probably not recommend this to, like, a newer player. I would probably recommend this to somebody who's played more and heavy clunky not mm-hmm. clunky like chunk chunky games yeah um there's some strategy to it you have to be able to like play your cards in a way that you know will get you the most benefit 
Um, I will say that I've only played the app of this, and that's how I learned it, was through like the tutorial on the app, um, and that was really helpful. I have not played the physical version. I don't actually really know what the physical version looks like, besides like what's in this rule book. <laughs> um, so, like, it's a little bit harder to explain because I've played it in the app, because the app does kind of take care of things for you. Um, so I, I probably would have a hard time actually, like, explaining this to somebody without reading the rules first. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot going on. Um, it definitely took me a couple times even playing on the app to fully understand what the heck I was even doing. Um, but this game also kind of has like an income. Um, and then there's also your... It's it's a T... It's called TR. I think it's your Terra... Terror rating. Oh, um, which, okay. So you kind of build that up as you go. Um, every time you like increase the temperature or increase the oxygen or add an ocean, you increase your terror terror rating or your TR, um, and that's kind of like your base money that you get during like income phase or the production phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's how you kind of like build up your money over time. And then the turns are called generations. So instead of it just being like a turn, it's like, oh, th- the first generation was be able- was able to accomplish this. Second generation was able to accomplish this. So I, I, I thought it was kind of like a little cool um, thing to add to the game to make it feel like it's generations and generations building up, trying to make Mars habitable. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's... It's a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. Um, I remember when this game first came out, like, everybody was playing this game. Yeah, I do. I do remember that, like, that being a very, like, intense game that came out. It's, when I was looking at Board Game Geek, it's still, I think, in, like, the top 10 or 20, like, like there's like a a hotness bar on Board Game Geek, and it's still like on that list. So like it's still a very popular game. Um, so if you know people who play it or have have it, like definitely give it a try. It's a lot of fun. We definitely sat on this one. Um, it was one of those things where like everybody was playing it, and we're like, it doesn't even look that fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh my husband bought the app and he's like i'm just gonna give it a try and he's like dude this is so fun you have to try it so i tried it and i'm like this is a lot of fun we need to play it um so we we've we kind of played it by ourselves to kind of get used to it and then um we've played it together it is a long game you definitely have to be prepared to spend time on this game Mm -hmm. it is not something you just get out for like a quick little something (laughs) (laughs) it is not quick at all it 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 does take its time but i don't know there's just something even though like i don't know i i feel like it doesn't look super interesting and it just looks overly complicated but there's just something about it that is really fun there's something about getting, like, the different, like, resources. And then there's even, like, tags on cards. 
So something can have like um, there's just like it, it could have like a like that each card has they can have like one or two or like three different tags and then there's um, cards that will be like oh you get this many resources for having this many of this type of tag so there's just like stuff like that where you're just getting resources and resources and there's ways of like kind of farming resources um, there's also a board of Mars and it has like little hexagon slots on it where you put like your oceans, you can build cities, um, you can build like little greenery areas, which greenery areas, like you can have like um, animal cards and stuff like that, where the animals kind of like inhabit that little area and do different things. Um, and then when you're placing those tiles on the board, a lot of times you will get like resources for building on a certain area. Mm-hmm. Um, usually once you start building in an area, you kind of have to, like, build off of that. Um, and you can have, like, different cities built. Um, when you build a city, you can't have a city next to a city. You have to have them kind of, like, spread out. Um, and then, like, you'll get bonuses for, you know, if you have so many cities, you can do this. Or if you have so many greeneries, you'll get bonus points for how many greeneries you have around a city or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, it's, it's, it's a lot. Like I said, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. But it's very rewarding to me. For some reason. I, I don't even think I can fully explain why I think it's a rewarding game. It just it just feels like you're actually doing things. Mm -hmm. Because of, there's so much going on. If that even makes sense. Yeah, because, I mean, I've heard this game is, like, very heavy. Very, like, not clunky. But there's just, like, kind of a lot going on to it. But it is still, like a very highly rated game. So I'm like, mm -hmm. it's it's got some good stuff going on in it. I've never yeah. played it, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely doing something right, and I would actually recommend this game. Uh, I would just say, if you're going to get this game out to learn it, set aside some time, because if the game alone is like two hours, you have to take into consideration, like, learning the game is going to be <laughs> gonna one and a half to two times that. <laughs> so you could potentially be playing this for, like, four hours. Mm. <laughs> like, your first playthrough. So, um, that is a terrible explanation of Terraforming Mars. Yay! I, I just, you gotta love space. Space, the the sci-fi, the 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 aliens, the credits, <laughs> lots of aliens, lots of lots of credits, lots lots of credits, yeah. especially in space based and terraforming Mars. There's so much credits, <laughs> so many all the time. Credits. Um, there, so like there is. Like clank in space. There's a lot of like, um, not like skins, but kind of like they they took a board game and they went, you know, would make this better in space. So there's in like space. 
expansions for space. I mean, look look at um, Pathfinder and then Starfinder, which is just mm-hmm. Pathfinder in space. <laughs> yeah, and then there's well, this one's kind of the opposite. Like, so there's another game called Star Realms, which is like a deck building game. And they ended up making a Hero Realms, which is a fantasy version of it. So, like, that one's kind of reversed where they took, like, an in space and just, like, but fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, sci-fi and space and, like, things from space. <laughs> it's just ugh, so cool. There, so, like... There are- a surprising mystical. amount of space games if you're really into that. We we just happened to name six of them. Yes. But there's so many more yes. that we could probably make a whole nother episode about. Yeah, there's there's a game that we have that's called Galaxy Trucker. Yeah. I haven't yep. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I have. We just played it last week. Yeah. Did so you like it? Definitely. It was Yes, okay. it was interesting. <laughs> we we kind of played some of it wrong, so we didn't like account it as like an official like playthrough. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So we'll definitely have to play it again. But now that we've played through it the first time, the second time will definitely go smoother. I yeah. think. Yeah. But definitely, we'll have to talk about that one. Uh, it's it's definitely interesting. There's a lot of because it's like there's. Th- three rounds and there's like three sections to each round so there's a lot yeah. to that one as well but it it's a little bit simpler than terraforming mars as far as explaining <laughs> ex- explanations oh boy yeah feel that hard you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um this week i'm gonna go for like a space theme question um, just, just keep it simple, you know, like, what's your favorite planet? Nice. <laughs> I, I, I'd probably, I'd probably say, well, I'm kind of torn because Pluto, like our generation <laughs> was the generation where Pluto was a planet and then they took it from us. They took it and away. I think they gave it back, but I, I don't know where we're at in the Pluto standing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not a planet anymore, then I would say Pluto, just because I will always believe that Pluto is a planet. <laughs> um, um, my second one, though, would probably be Mars, just because there's so much, like, possible potential for that to be a, a, another planet that we could visit. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, like, kind of fascinated by the history of mars you know Mm. like did something happen on it to make it the way it is because they keep saying oh well there used to be like more water on this planet you know and it's just like Mm -hmm. what happened to it but um otherwise i think i i like those like the gas giants like jupiter like okay. it, that just like fascinates me. Yeah. And, like just those big gas giants and like Saturn with the, the rings and like 
all the moons that they have because just how massive they are. Yeah. And they just have cool, like, color patterns on them, too. Like, gorgeous planets. (laughs) Yeah. That you would die instantly on. Like, you would Mm -hmm. on all of them, but... (laughs) Yeah. Definitely don't go there. Yeah. They're they're cool to look at from far away. Yes. And where you're currently at. Yeah. And... Like, I'm, like, the the history of the other planets in our solar system also, like, fascinates me. Like... I also like that neither of us chose Earth. <laughs> no. I mean... We, we live here. Earth sucks! <laughs> we know what Earth has to offer. Not that it's not beautiful, because it is. A lot of Earth is beautiful. But we're talking about, like, other planets mystery yes and excitement yes. and not earth yes and the possibility of aliens aliens <laughs> that apparently are trying to kill us in every of these situations yeah 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 i tend to see you know a lot of the board games have aliens as the as the uh the villain <gasps> not bum, galaxy bum, trucker though bum. Yeah. Which we'll explain in another time. <laughs> um, but uh, always find us on any of our socials. Um, try and like post like the last episode. I posted the video for Divorce Court. I highly recommend watching it because Divorce Court is a saga in and of itself that I could not fully express and the video does it beautifully but yeah socials discord facebook instagram the link will be down in the description try and answer a question yeah and thanks again to B Castro for suggesting space theme he suggested it through discord so if you would like to suggest a theme or something as we mentioned, Discord, Facebook, Instagram. Just let us know. Let us know. But I'm Ashley signing off. And I'm Ricky. Bye. Bye.